Welcome to Table Talk, discussions of church, theology, and culture. My name's Andrew Hall. I'm the lead pastor here at CBC Elderton, and I'm joined today with Luke Burrow, our family and ministry coordinator. Luke, both you and I have uh, been here at CBC for some time. I've been mm-hmm. here a little longer than you. A little bit. Uh, but uh, we want to think today about just what it is, more of a more of a reflection on our part and a little bit of a testimony to God's grace in our lives of, of being called into ministry. Um, if you think about uh, a call to ministry, Luke, uh, we, we, why don't we dialogue a little bit about this yeah. here? When you think about a call to ministry, what do you sense is a call to ministry? Yeah, I think while it may seem a little, it may seem simple on the surface, I, th- I think it's multifaceted and, in, in some cases, quite complex. You know, we, we hear the word call to ministry and we assume it must mean that somebody heard an audible message from God or saw, saw him writing letters in the clouds. And some people do have remarkable stories of calls to ministry, but I, I think from person to person, things can vary quite a bit. I think the way that the Lord gifts people and encourages those gifts in the life of the church as, as other people recognize giftings. I think that's a, a part of a call to ministry, uh, the desires that the Lord gives and the, the, the hopes and dreams that they may have. I think so much of a call to, to ministry is, is sort of, involves those things and many other things as well. Be curious to know what you might want to add to this, this definition as there, you can really write books on <laughs> calls to ministry and people have it. It's quite a complicated topic. Yeah. If we just try to simply define it, I think uh, there is an internal desire. So uh, Paul can say in first Timothy three, if anyone desires to be an overseer, he mm-hmm. desires to be an oval, uh, a noble task. Um, and so, so there needs to be an inner compulsion. Yeah. Um, and just because someone desires it doesn't mean that they're qualified, Yeah. Uh, but it is important. The second thing I would say is that there is an external confirmation of that, yeah. uh, that the, the church uh, receives and recognizes and acknowledges that someone has the first of all the the character that is described in First Timothy three and Titus mm-hmm. one, that they have the gifts that are given by the Spirit, gifts of uh, teaching, administration, of discipleship, of shepherding the congregation, and then being affirmed by a local church uh, in in that role. And so we're not merely talking about uh, paid professionals, though certainly both you and I have the privilege, and it is a privilege mm-hmm. to receive a to receive our compensation uh, for for our work from the church. But there are many people here who are called to ministry in ways that um, they they just serve sacrificially. I think of our elders who give so many hours and so much time to care for people in the church, to care for the administration and administrative needs, and to to provide a a sounding board and some accountability uh, for us as staff. Absolutely. I think, I think you're good to, to point out there that a call to ministry applies to more people than just, just vocational pastors. That's right. There's, there's much more to it than, than that. And there's so much more ministry going on in a church. 
and we would be remiss to to think that the only ministry happening in a church is happening by by the paid staff or the the paid pastors because that is definitely the the opposite of what we would want to to enculturate in our own context here certainly uh, and I think that we we need to avoid that idea of um, the sacred and the secular yep. uh, that that um, I, th- I I don't remember who who it was that said. Uh, whether it's the plowboy in the field or the pa- uh, the priest in the in the pulpit or the pastor in the pulpit, they have all been called to a noble task, and yeah. so God gives us uh, vocations to to honor and glorify Him. When when I think about uh, the influences in my life, I know that there are many things that influenced me to lead me to ministry. I'm wondering, Luke, what what influenced you to consider? Uh, being involved in local church ministry. Yeah, I could think of a, a few influences. The the primary one being sort of the the coming together of, as we talked about, the sort of internal desire, but and also trying to find an outlet for that internal desire that was that was at first different. That was a, a big thing for me. I, I had a, a desire to want to help people and to serve people and pursued a secular degree in order to try to make those two ends meet. And it was in in sort of getting halfway through a degree uh, in what what was a, a degree in psychology, I just began to get a sense that if I if I want to help people, there's maybe more to it than than what I'm being taught here. There's there's lots that I value and appreciate about about modern psychology and that the help that it can bring. But really, there there was kind of this underlying sense of there, there's more here that needs to happen. So an, an internal desire sort of coinciding with trying to pursue that in a way that was ultimately unsatisfying was was a big influence for me combined with the the influence of of church as we talked about and also the the influence of family of those around me encouraging me to to take the desires and gifts that I had and and pursue them hmm. in a in a different way in in a way that really embraces the the full truth of of who we are as human beings and what our problem is as as human beings it's interesting how you mention um, family because I think uh, for many people they they don't realize or maybe they underappreciate uh, how how people who have just been faithful Christians actually can be tremendous blessings. Yep. I think of uh, for me, I think of my dad and his his faithful devotion to the Lord every morning, getting up, reading the Word, leading us as four rowdy boys and and a girl at the table after supper with um, just considering and thinking about uh, a Bible story, a Bible passage, praying. Um, there, there are so many things that have influenced us. Uh, I, I think of youth pastors. I think of, um, for me, there was a health crisis when I was uh, eight years old that that uh, caused me to really think about my life. Later on, I would reflect upon a, a crisis moment as as a boy, and 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 the Lord would use that to yeah. consider eternity, and and it, it created a sense of urgency in me. So there's always these different influences from people to circumstances, and and we we never know how God is going to work. But what definitely what we do know is that. He's he's always building his church. He's yeah. always preparing people for that service. So for you, 
Luke, how did you end up in ministry? So after realizing I wanted to do something different than what I was doing, I found my way to seminary. So I found my way to seminary in the U.S. Uh, primarily because there, there was a little more choice in the States compared to Canada. Not that there aren't good seminaries in Canada, but many of them were a little out of my price range. It was a little little easier to afford the schools down, down south. And it was actually funny enough, it was money primarily that, <laughs> that took me to where I was. Uh, one of my former pastors was a, a graduate of the seminary I attended, or that you attended as well, Andrew, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. And he was talking with my dad one day and said, you know, Luke should really consider going to seminary at Southern. And my dad thought, okay, well... You know, he's probably got some real deep reasoning why. He said, I'll tell you why, because it's cheap. My dad says his ears perked up a little bit and said, okay, I'm listening. And one of the, one of the wonderful things about Southern Seminary and about the Southern Baptist Convention as a whole is that the seminaries are subsidized by the churches of the convention. And as students, the the faithful church members of thousands of churches across the country go toward paying for some of our tuition. And it, make, it makes the prices really reasonable and really affordable. And that's so really practical reasons that I ended up at the school that I ended up, which happened to be a, a wonderful school, I think one of the best. And that was, that was really the start of two degrees that I got there that ultimately would have then prepared me to, to step out after graduation and seek a position in church ministry. Yeah, and for me, as uh, even though I attended seminary in, uh, in, in Louisville, Kentucky, I had actually done uh, some Bible college training here in Canada first. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, interestingly, I received a scholarship and uh, I was massively subsidized for my undergraduate education. And uh, I had the blessing of meeting my wife at school. And so there were many reasons why uh, that school uh, in, in Southern Manitoba was a, a huge blessing to me. But the reason I went there, uh, ironically, I even though I grew up in Northwestern Ontario, I had applied to go to, uh, to the business school here in London at, mm-hmm. uh, uh, at Western. And uh, been accepted and scholarships. And I was supposed to submit an application uh, or, or receive, uh, receive the application by a certain deadline. And for whatever reason, that didn't go through. And uh, only the Lord knows why. And so at the last minute, I was scrambling and I ended up at, at Bible school. I, I was a little bit, um, I was at a point in my life where I, I had a sense that God wanted me to to consider pastoral ministry, mm-hmm. but I was being a little bit more like a Jonah running. Sure. There, there were no Ninevites that I was running away from, but there were just a, there was this sense of, I, I just wasn't sure that I really wanted this life. Yeah. And uh, some, somewhat of a rebellion against God and God brought me to my knees. And especially in that first year of school of uh, my undergrad, it just brought me to a place of of repentance and brokenness before him of of um, seeing how much I needed him, and that just fueled a desire that that we all need this and and as a result of that i 
I pursued uh, pastoral ministry after I graduated. I was young. I started as a lead pastor at, uh, I wasn't quite, uh, I wasn't quite, I think I was 23 going on 24 years old when I became a lead pastor. And I I would not recommend that to anyone. And I don't know why that church hired me, but by the (laughs) grace of God, they did. It was a wonderful fit. Um, but that's how I ended up. I, I actually pursued a number of ministry opportunities. Uh, I, I just, I was assertive and I wanted to serve the Lord. And I, I tried to open doors overseas. I tried to open doors with various churches. I served in, in, in various internships. Uh, I was turned down by several churches. I got fairly far along in processes with churches and, and I was turned down. And then uh, actually the church that I ended up with, uh, yeah, that be, becoming a pastor in my first, uh, my first pastorate, um, they, they basically were asking me to send my resume. I sent it late. It went by courier. It didn't get there on time. They called me and asked me to send it by uh, fax. This is back in the day, mm-hmm. right? Back in the late 90s send it by fax and and then they they called me and asked me to come and candidate and uh it was it was an awkward candidating experience hmm. uh where where really I, I saw that this was going to be a difficult situation i was cornered in the basement by a gentleman and told that there are two sides in the church and you've got to choose one Ooh. And I don't know why I ended up going other than God wanted me there. And it was, um, those were some of the most precious years of forming me uh, to be a disciple of Christ. So that's how I ended up uh, in ministry. But uh, when I think about ending up here at CBC, uh, you and I have taken maybe a little bit different journeys yeah. in terms of how we've ended up here. When, when did you come here, Luke? Yeah, I've been on staff here coming up on five years. Um, October 2018 was when I started. And that was largely down to the fact that you were already here. And we had mutual connections uh, down south at school. So not only did we attend the same school, but while we were there at different times, we attended the same church. And you knew the elders of that church. And I, I went through a three-year apprenticeship program at that church and knew knew the elders as well. And they they sort of played matchmaker on that one and told told me, hey, we know we know someone back back home where you're going, who's serving as pastor, and you should you should reach out and see see what comes of that. And so that that was Emmanuel Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky, a church that we both are very fond of and are very thankful mm-hmm. for. That were very formative in our lives, and yeah, the the elders of that church got me connected with a, a number of people that were known by the church that live here. So yourself and, and also Chris Shipley, as uh-huh. that many of us know, I connected with him as well. And it, that just happened to coincide with you and the elders here at CBC uh, looking to make a hire. And that all worked out pretty well. It wasn't long out of seminary before I came here. And this is the only church I've, I've ever worked at. Yeah. It's so it's interesting because, uh, you mentioned Chris Shipley as one of the connections mm-hmm. and a large part of the reason that I'm here is also because of Chris Shipley. Yeah. Uh, Chris is uh, the associate pastor uh, of, um, I think he's of discipleship and a biblical counseling um, at uh, Hope 
Mississauga church. And um, when I was in seminary, I was looking, my, my student visa was running out. I had family, three kids, my wife, and it was like, hmm, I've got to return to Canada. I've got to be out of the U.S. by the end of December, mm -hmm. December 2009. And so I started looking and lo and behold, uh, I, I scoured the internet and I sent off my resume here. Uh, and the, the reason I sent it off was actually because I had seen that Chris Shipley had preached here. Okay. And so I had called Chris. Um, I didn't know Chris personally, um, but I knew of Chris because he had also been an elder and uh, an attendee at Emmanuel Baptist in Louisville, Kentucky, and he had attended Southern Seminary. And so when I contacted him, he uh, he told me about the church and encouraged me. And then he put in a good word for me. Um, he uh, he definitely put in a good word for me. I was told that there were 86 resumes uh, wow. for the lead pastor position here. And uh, I think I was the last resume that was submitted. Top of the pile. Uh, uh, or the bottom or of the, the pile. Or the bottom of the pile, I guess. Yeah. And uh, when the search committee went through, they picked 10 names. And uh, they determined they were going to have 10 individuals for the first round. Uh, I didn't make the first cut. Hmm. Uh, it turned out that a number of the individuals were not, they had already received positions or they, had, they were in other conversations, whatever had gone on. And so I was part of the second cut of, uh, you know, the scrapings of these are the potentials of who might be considered. Um, actually, I was at lunch today and I had, I had lunch with an individual and uh, he shared with me that, uh, well, yeah, I was, well, I wasn't the, a top choice after, after um, the phone interviews, I, I had a very good phone interview. Then I was invited in person. There were three candidates. Um, and then it came down to myself and another individual. And as a result of that, uh, the choice was made to to call me. And so I, I, I say that not out of any boasting, but it's often a reminder that <laughs> I was the last resume in. I didn't make the first cut. And by the grace of God, I'm here. Um, so so there's certainly no no pride of place or anything like that. Um, but just God chooses the weak and the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. And uh, I'm, I often feel like I'm a prime example of that. So th those are our stories. And, and really today, what we hope that uh, you hear is just the way that God has worked in our lives and mm -hmm. how he's brought us uh, to this place. Um, Luke, I don't know if there's anything you want to say about your time here in the five, almost five years that you've been here at the church. You, there's there's no doubt that uh, actually being in ministry is very different from being in in seminary. It's been said that seminaries don't make pastors, and I think that's true. Seminary teaching is very valuable and very important, and I'm thankful for it for many ways. But certainly, I'm I'm sure you experienced this as well early on. It's there's there's a lot to learn and a lot a lot that you think you know that you don't know and even more that you don't even realize you don't know. And yeah. so it's certainly, I would would echo your sentiment that it is a very humbling journey and it doesn't doesn't leave you feeling particularly strong or, or capable. And yet the, the Lord uses all of us, even in our weaknesses. And I am very thankful and I know you are also very, very thankful for that. Yeah, I would say too that uh, of all things, um, being a pastor, uh, being a pastor of this church, um, 
God is forming me. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just it's not just about me preaching and teaching and meeting with people and shepherding, but it's also the fact that as as someone who opens up the word of God week after week, interacting with these people, loving these people, um, this is the place that God has chosen for me to be more like Jesus. And I'm thankful for that. And so if you've ever have, uh, if you have questions about how we ended up here or about how you'd like to serve, maybe the Lord is prompting you and you want to grow in various ways. We'd love to connect with you, help you, point you to maybe some courses, resources, have some mentoring, some training, some conversations. We'd love to do that. As always, we're so thankful as you join us here on Table Talk as we consider uh, the church theology and culture, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. Bye, everybody. Thank you.